Well, JP, the last two weeks we've had Asia Mape on the podcast talking a little bit about maybe the unknown parts of the experience of being a sports parent. And it felt like when we left off, there was a little bit more conversation to be had. Well, I've got a five-year-old, a four-year-old, and almost a one-year-old. And I can tell you, Nate, after that conversation, I was even more concerned about the next, you know, 10, 15 years of parenting and how challenging it is once your kids get into sports. So I left with a lot of empathy towards parents, but also with this drive to find new ways to be more transparent in our programs with our teams, because gosh, it just comes back to so much of this. We have to communicate, communicate, communicate. And if we don't, we're going to encounter more and more and more problems within our programs. But if we communicate really well, we actually might find more allies and parents. You know, JP, my takeaway from that conversation was that I think a lot of times when we talk about sports parents, we hear the horror stories. You know, you hear the stories of your friend that got pushed out by parents or the, the parent meeting from hell or the, or the emails that come in after games. And, and we start to generalize that that's what sports parents are all like. And I think that was my biggest encouragement from talking with Asia was that that might be 10% or 15% of parents that aren't going away. Like that's just part of the coaching landscape today. But I think what was encouraging to me is that there's another 80% or 85% of parents that aren't hell bent on promoting their own child or being an obstruction or, you know, pursuing conflict with your coaching style, your coaching practices that do want to be part of the experience and want to be part of creating something special for their child. And I think that's where we've had some coaches in the program that have experimented with some pretty cool ideas on how to connect with parents in different ways. Well, I think the evidence of that other 85% that is like, you know, saying well-intentioned, good parents kind of comes from some of these stories we're going to share today of these coaches that have gone out there and worked with them. And when they've made this extra effort, the response has been really honestly incredible as they've been able to bring parents to be a part of their program and to really support the work that they're trying to do within that transformational culture. So in today's episode uh, and in next week's episode, we're going to have some conversations with coaches that we've worked with in the mentorship program to really kind of help guide them to create these really special experiences for their parents. And these are things that all our listeners in the podcast at the high school level, even the collegiate level, I think can really do to really engage parents in, in some shape or form. Welcome to the Coaching Culture Podcast. My name is JP Nervin, and I'm joined by my friend and co-host, Nate Sanderson. Here on this podcast, we try to talk about practical ways to build your culture and to grow as a transformational leader. And we try to do that in under 30 minutes or less. If you'd like to learn more about Thrive on Challenge, our resources, uh, our other podcasts, and the services that we offer different coaches, you can head on over to thriveonchallenge.com. One of the things that our coaches have been experimenting with, and I've tried this as well with uh, parents in our program, is the Parent Experience Night which at the beginning of the season can take a lot of different forms. Some coaches have done a trivia night. We've done a, a kind of a mock practice with parents lacing up their sneakers and jumping out onto the court and doing some of our games and drills. But regardless, it's an opportunity for parents to come together, to get to know each other a little bit, to have some fun with the players in the context of our culture in hopes that that kind of lays a foundation, maybe build some, some connection for the season kind of at the beginning. 
And while it's certainly not a catch-all that's going to prevent every problem that you're ever going to have with a parent, it does seem to go a long ways in inviting them into the program and into the experience. And I think the hope for coaches that have tried some of these things is that it would be an opportunity for parents to transform themselves from just observers of the team and maybe critical observers at that at, from time to time up in the bleachers watching the games to those that feel like they're part of it. And if they feel like they're part of it, it may be more inclined to be solution-oriented and to, to help in building a great experience for kids than if they weren't. Yeah, and so our first guest today is Darren Douglas, the head basketball coach at Grovetown High School. And he has done as good of a job as I've ever seen when it comes to creating a, a program culture that is inclusive of parents. I mean, it's just incredible the things that they do within their program. Uh, just when we were recording this, they were having some work workouts. They were having some workouts uh, shortly after the recording. And then parents were all coming over for a barbecue at the gym. This is kind of like a weekly type tradition in their program that, that parents come together and get with the players. And it's just a real family type atmosphere. One that is honestly pretty rare in high school sports today. So this is Darren sharing a little bit about how he laid this foundation for that type of culture. It's so good to have you back in the podcast because you're doing so many incredible things at Grovetown High School in Georgia. I want to start by, you know, when you started over in that program, you wanted things to be different. You were hitting a reset of the culture. And one of the areas that you knew you needed to address was parents. So what was something that you did that was exceptional when it came to, you know, changing that dynamic between a parent and the coach relationship? Well, first off, um, you know, the we first the very first thing that I did was kind of have a parent meeting. Um, I remember you had an article saying like the things that the type the type of conversations I want to have with parents. So we kind of went through that article. Um, I remember meeting with you and we did the note card activity where I asked them what were things that they liked from the program the year before, what they didn't like, and if they were to coach, what would they keep? So we that was our first initial meeting. It was just kind of me putting a face, letting the parents know who their coach was, uh, gave them all my cell phone number, told them to reach out if they needed to. So from that, we kept building through the year. And uh, you came out and did a seminar for us. You did our coaches the first. No, I think you did our players the first day, our coaches the second day. And then that Saturday, you did you did a seminar for our parents. Um, took the took the parents back in a classroom, showed them a presentation about how to help their kids be high achieving athletes. Um, and it's crazy because even still to this day, parents still talk about that day. Like, man, that was a great day. Are we going to do, do that again? And I'm like, yeah, we're going to like last year. We couldn't, but this year we're going to do something similar. Um, from there, we took, you know, the boys actually took their parents and kind of did some of the drills that we do in our basketball program. And I love that because I think a lot of times so many parents just think, oh, my kids at practice, they're doing whatever they do. That's taboo. I can't go in there and see what they're doing. But here, I've always been like that as a coach to just say here, my practice is always open um, because I think the, the biggest thing that you think about is your kids get up at sometimes six o'clock in the morning and they're out of the house. And then we practice late a lot of times and they get home at like nine o'clock in the house. And as a parent, all you can do is eat with them real quick, let them take a shower and then go to bed. And, and my thing was, 
we wanted to make this more of a family environment. So anytime you want to come in, sit, watch your kids practice. Sometimes you just want to see your kid, you know, if you haven't done it. Um, so from there, uh, you know, the parents kind of really, really got on board. We got levels of, of participation that has never, never happened here in the, you know, at that time, the 10 year mark of the school to where now, you know, like our, our parents, they fundraise like this summer, they raised us like $15,000. Um, they, they are so invested. They're always here. You know, I have kind of a council of parents that call and check in with me every day. And we talk about what we need to do with our basketball program and for our kids. And I would just say that I don't think any of that would have happened as fast as it did. And as organically as it did without using your program and kind of getting the tips on how to connect with the parents better. Cause I think a lot of time as coaches, we kind of just see what other coaches do. And, you know, most coaches are, man, I, you talk to the parents, oh, the, the kids are on my team and they're going to do what I want. The parents can stay out. They can pay to come in. And I, I just, I didn't want that. Like I didn't want that kind of environment. I kind of didn't want that, that situation, especially here, the reputation of Grovetown was that the parents, I mean, ran coaches off and they kind of did like the guy who was before me, um, the parents were the reason that he left. The guy that was before that, the parents were the reason. But I think we've turned a corner. Um, we have so many parents that just love what we're doing. Like I get, our program gets compliments all the time. Like when people move to their area now, if they meet a Grovetown parent, they move to Grovetown. Like literally, we probably got 12, 15 kids in there right now that's just moved here within the last year. And when they ask people, hey, where, where's, you know, my kid plays basketball, everybody tells them, like, oh, you got to take them to Grovetown. Like, coaching staff is so good. The kids are this. So it's just been a complete, like, 360 from a program that had a high turnover rate. You know, I'd love to say that my presentation in that seminar was brilliant, what made that Saturday, but it wasn't, honestly. I still remember that to this day, there's a dad in the front and he had his arms folded and he was like, why the heck am I here at 830 in the morning having to listen to this dude? After about 30 minutes, you know, the presentation, they came on the court. Your players had such great energy and they were there serving and coaching. And it was like, you're getting the parents out of their comfort zone. You're asking them to be a little bit vulnerable because they're having to do drills and they're, they're tossing up shots and they can't even hit the rim. And then there's the dad who's, you know, who he's been probably lecturing his son for the last, you know, five years about back in the day. And so he's trying out there to prove himself, but you know, he can't still make a shot. Yeah, It was over. <laughs> he, he couldn't get the drill. Right. You know what I mean? Like there was so many moments where like everyone just started laughing. And, and I remember this mother like looking at me and just going, this is like, this is one of the best basketball experiences I've ever been, been a part of, you know, like, yeah. and then after that, you guys, like you had the meal, but what was cool there is how much you had your players leading all of that. You know, it wasn't like Darren was running the practice. It was the players leading the practice, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was a parent too. My son was in there. So I was trying to get what the parents were getting it. And I want, like, I think a big thing that we've learned here is we want to present our kids with opportunities to lead um, just to see those guys and to see those 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 kids. Like I was telling you before we started recording, like the freshmen that came the year that you were here are juniors. And like I just like even at sometimes like I tear up because I'm just like proud of 
the dudes that they're becoming. Like they they all signed up to be volunteers at open house for the school. So like all the new kids that come next Thursday, they'll give them tours. They'll show them where the classrooms are. They'll talk to parents. Like these are things that, you know, nobody ever said that athletes did here at this school. Like they just came and played, played whatever sport they played and they went home. Um, they actually care about like presenting themselves to the world as who they want to be. And they actually put the work in and are developing the habits to kind of be the people that they want to be when they're adults. And like, to be honest, like I want to stay championship, but that gives me like probably a thousand times more joy than I did with winning a state championship. Like we won a state championship and it was joy. And then it was like, okay, I got to do it again. But like, I watch these dudes and they're like checking in and like dudes who, really didn't call their grandparents or other family members like like hey coach like I was thinking about something we was talking about and I set up a time I call my grandma every Sunday and we talk and like that kind of stuff that you don't see like normal kids in today's society do like I felt like all of that stuff that we did that first year kind of helped lay the foundation with some other stuff that we were doing here so I'm just like always grateful for it one of the ways I know Coach Douglas started to build those connections was by hosting an event for parents at the beginning of the season. And I worked this past season with uh, Al Baker, who's the boys basketball coach at Woodstock High School. And, and Al did a similar event. He's going to talk a little bit about kind of the specifics of how he built the practice plan, so to speak, for his parent experience night. All right, Al. Well, you and I worked together back in 2019, kind of planning on your first parent experience night. And I wonder if you could just kind of walk us through uh, kind of the process that you went through and what you did with your parents and players that evening. Yeah. So um, we have about two weeks before our first games. So the Friday of the second week. So this is uh, after we have about two weeks in and we've finalized our rosters and stuff. Um, we took Friday night and it was a two hour event. Um, the first 45 minutes or so, uh, everyone went up to the library. Uh, we had tables set up. Uh, one important thing, this was an idea you gave me that worked out great was we mixed everybody up. So it was not parents and their kids at the same tables. Um, it was, you know, I'd be there as a coach with a couple of JV parents and a freshman parent, and a couple of varsity players. Um, cause it was a good opportunity for them to get to know, uh, other kids on the team. Um, that, that their kid was going to be playing with. So that, that was one thing that I will make sure I do every time. Um, and then they sat there and went through three rounds of like, uh, games that we played. Um, one round was how well do you know your coaches? And we had some trivia about the coaching staff. Um, and as a table, they would come up with all their answers and then we go over it and they could get points for, for correct answers. We had a second one that we called nailed it or blew it. Um, that was a basketball rules thing. Uh, where we like describe a situation and say, okay, here's what the official called. Did they nail it? Did they blow it? That was uh, kind of a uh, pill in the cheese thing too, to try to help parents to better understand some of the rules so that they're not, you know, hollering out three seconds when a kid keeps getting his offensive rebound and putting it back up or, or whatever it was. So um, taught some rule stuff there. And then our third one was the history of blue street basketball. And we went back and just had some matching stuff. Some of the names of coaches and players from the past and, um, you know, they had to, to match that with their accomplishments. Um, so we did those three rounds in between each round. We had a little card game. Like we had just a deck of cards at each table. Um, and there was a sheet 
So you'd have to draw a card. And if you drew a seven, you got to take a selfie with the person to your left and put it on social media. If you draw an eight, uh, you got to start singing any song that you want and high five the first person at your table that can name the song or something like that. Just goofy stuff, but um, gave them kind of a, a opportunity to to kind of be silly and get to know each other um, in between the, the trivia rounds. So um, that was kind of the team building component of it. And then after about 45 minutes in the library doing that, we had prizes for the winning team. Then we went downstairs to the gym and uh, the players, uh, the freshman team, the JV team and the varsity team had each picked their favorite drill. Uh, we put the parents into groups, had them do a little warm up. This was optional. Obviously we had some parents who just sat in bleachers and watched, but the ones who wanted to participate, we had pretty good participation. I would say that like, uh, almost every kid's family was represented that, that night and about 80% of them participated in the, in the drill stuff. So we put them through a little warm up, and then the kids would explain the drill and they'd, they'd kind of coach them up, um, as they rotated around to the different baskets and, and did the drills that the kids like to do. Um, so that was again, about 45 minutes as well. And then we finished that up and we went down to the cafeteria and we had some pizzas ordered and they, uh, they, they had a pizza party, um, and talked and kind of hung out and then that was it so the whole thing ended up being about two hours uh all told i love all of the deliberate intentionality that you put into the planning there um in terms of assigning the groups and um i'm just looking at your practice plan right now which we'll put into the show notes here for this episode um and the things that they could do at the table what was the reaction that you got from from players and parents after the parent experience night it was awesome it was super positive they really um they really seem to enjoy it. Um, you know, the, I think that the, the things they seem to like the best, um, number one, they like just, I think at first there was a little apprehension about not being like with their kids or with their spouse or whatever. Um, but I think that by the end it was, uh, they enjoyed that. And I, there was a, throughout the season, I would hear them come back and say, you know, it's kind of cool that now I'm watching these varsity games and there's this kid that I never would have known, but I hung out with him for 45 minutes and, um, uh, you know, I took a selfie with him or told him my favorite joke or whatever. And, uh, and now I kind of have a connection to that kid and it's a little easy, you know, and also, you know, sometimes there can be some resentment built up during the season. Why is this kid playing when I, my kid's not or something like that. And it's a little harder to, to feel that resentment when it's a kid that you've experienced something with, um, so that was one part of it that, that I got real positive feedback on. And then the kids, you know, it was kind of fun because some of the parents, some parents could play a little bit. And that was another thing is like the kids would later on, they'd be like, man, alive, Javi's dad is all, or, you know, Mateo's dad is, you know, he was throwing behind the back passes and, you know, Ryan's mom knocked down a three. And um, so that was kind of cool. The parents could show off a little bit for the kids and, and, and the kids got some, some respect for the parents there too. So um those were just a couple of the parts of it that I got pretty positive feedback on. All right. Last question for you here. If a coach out there was thinking, boy, it sounds like a lot of planning. It's really busy the first couple of weeks of the year. Ugh, I'm not really sure. I want to hang out with some of the parents that are going to come on parent experience <laughs> night. What encouragement would you give somebody to try doing something to incorporate the parents into an activity like this? Yeah. I, I mean, I get that a hundred percent and there's definitely always like, you know, you've talked about this, Nate, how sometimes uh, it, at the beginning of the season, I guess what I would say is the beginning of the season is the best time to do this because, you know, everything's fresh. It's the Friday before our first game. So nobody's got any concerns about playing time. Nobody's got any concerns about their role on the team or anything like that. Like it's all, it's still kind of the honeymoon phase. And um, so 
So I just think that it, it'll benefit everybody to build up as much positive goodwill as you can at that stage in the season. Um, you know, I think every coach agrees, like you want to have a positive foundation with every kid and with every parent so that when it's time to have those courageous conversations about playing time or about, you know, attitude concerns or something like that, um, you know, that's not your first contact with a parent um, is letting them know, hey, you know, Jimmy's not doing what he needs to do uh, in class or in practice or, or whatever. Um, so I think that that investment of time and that investment of energy early in the season um, is going to pay off at some point uh, down the line for you, whether it's just because, you know, the, the parents and the kids know each other better and uh, feel supportive of each other, or whether it's when you actually have to, to deal with some issues later on and you have that, that background with each other. Um, I think it's worthwhile. Our first two examples are some things that you can do in the preseason to bring your parents together along with your team. But we had another coach who does something special at the end of his season. The next person you're going to hear from is Tim Trendle, who is the head boys basketball coach at Marist High School. And he, for the past few years, has hosted a Valentine's banquet where his boys basketball players honor their mothers in front of the entire team on Valentine's Day. All right, Tim. Well, you and I uh, had some conversations a couple of years ago when we were working together here on a pretty unique banquet that you do toward the end of the season for the mothers in your program. And I wonder first if you could kind of tell us a little bit about where the idea came from and then a little bit of how it works uh, with your guys and with your team. Uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, thanks uh, for asking the questions. Uh goes back, I'm probably going back about, oh, 15 years when, when I kind of first heard of an idea like this. I was working these camps uh, down in about central Illinois at, at, at the Hoop Mountain camps, and I was working with a coach, so I got a credit to him, a guy by the name of Steve Bennett, uh, coaches in Indiana, high school basketball and stuff like that, and he was telling me about how he did something, you know, with the moms in his preseason, you know, they would have a, a banquet like this, a meal together. And, uh, you know, I've always kept that in the back of my mind then after he was telling me about, you know, his experience with it, how, how well it's worked and stuff like that, that I thought it'd be awesome to do something like that myself. So um, probably about my, uh, I'd say my sixth year or so when I was at Providence, fifth or sixth year, we instituted this and we kind of took it, it took a little different spin on it. Uh, we went um, and, you know, with basketball being, you know, in the month of February, we kind of put it right around uh, Valentine's Day, you know, either that week of or the week before. And it kind of turned into a nice treat. You know, we went, we'd go to a nice uh, restaurant, rent, rent out the back room. Um, it's just the boys and, and their, their significant other mom, uh, females in their lives, you know, so it could be a grandma, it could be a sister, you know, just as just a significant female in their life. Um, rooms decorated a little bit. I, I actually kind of, I'm not much of a decorator myself, but I do some deck, put some de centerpieces together, things like that, you know, with balloons and stuff like that. Um, we get together, share a meal. The guys get dressed up. You know, they 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 actually, you know, it's kind of neat how it evolved from the first year we did it, you know, to my last year at Providence, and then when I introduced it over at, at, at my other school, Marist. Um, it's just kind of interesting how it all evolved. You know, the first time we kind of went through, I don't think anybody, the kids, they really didn't know what to expect. What the same the next, you know, now they're dressing up. You know, shirts and ties are looking good, um, things like that. And you know, the kids got to sit with their moms during the meal and. Um, you know, so we get a meal together and then kind of the highlight of, of the, the night is after we're done eating, you know, each kid's supposed to get gets up and reads a poem that he writes about his mom to his mom and ending with the, the words, I love you, mom. Um, and that's kind of, I said, you know, you 
a lot of not, a lot of times there's not a dry eye, eye in the house you know and the moms are get are tearing up um you know I, I think for them I've years after that whatnot I still got moms who talk about it um it's definitely their highlight of, of the year you know so it's just kind of neat um and then they walk out with a little kind of gift basket of you know whether it be a chocolate rose or a a, a balloon and some other things in there and uh, kind of that's kind of how it wraps up now you've done this at a couple of stops in your career, and I'm just curious, the first time that you share this idea with your guys, you know, and the first year that they do it, they have to write a poem. There's a lot of vulnerability there for them to read a poem to their mom in front of a room full of people. How do you encourage them in that and kind of what's their response been after they've done it for the first time? I mean, I said it was cool to watch kind of the metamorphosis of it all. I said the first year, the poems were kind of... um and they were good, don't get me not, but they were kind of, you know, very kind of surface level a little bit and things like that. And then you could see like the next year, you know, the guys wanted to do better than the guys the year before them. Then the guys, you know, the year after that wanted to kind of, so you could see them kind of the progression of it, you know, every, you know, and he said, and you're talking about some varsity guys that, you know, maybe sometimes are on the varsity since they're sophomores. So they're about three years on the varsity. So they kind of then pass down. I think they kind of hand down the expectations to the guys below them, you know, and I think they even started kind of some contests in between to kind of judge who could come up with the kind of the best poem and stuff like that. So, which was kind of, it was kind of neat. I mean, you could see, like I said, the first year there was some apprehension. It was kind of like, eh, I don't know if I, and then, but I said, I think as, you know, our program developed and things, you know, kind of, you know, coaches would, would be vulnerable in certain situations and things like that. And, you know, I think the guy saw what I said after the first time, you know, is in this, then year two, it just got better. Year three kind of got even better. And I said, but I said, it just kind of grew as, you know, I said, I think as coaches, when you model that vulnerability and stuff like that. And then, like I said, the, the kids, like I said, got into it. They kind of like created their own competitions after that first year to kind of, you know, kind of one, not one up the one, but just kind of do it a little bit better, which was kind of neat to see. And from a parent perspective, you mentioned that even to this day, you still have some parents that talk about that. Are there any kind of, you know, stories that come to mind of a mom or from a grandma or a parent that's gotten back to you with a message that, you know, it, it was really meaningful for them? You get one time, you know, your mom, boy, it was a chance for me and my son to really reconnect. We kind of felt like we've lost a connection. You've heard that. Um, you know, I said, you know, another mom said, boy, this is a highlight of, 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 his, of his high school career. You know, him getting up, just getting him up to be able to get up in front of a group like that and do something like that. That mom said they'd never seen their son do that before, which, you know, you said it could be tough. You know, so all, all bunch of guys, basketball team, you know, guys trying to be guys. And, you know, so I said the mom was kind of so thankful that, you know, her son was able to kind of get up in front and kind of. Uh, talk about his feelings. She said what she'd never really seen him do before. So it's, it's kind of, I said, it's very interesting. You said, even if, you know what we, they said, we do it in February. So what's kind of in, in, in Illinois here, it's kind of late in the season. You probably got about, you know, maybe a quarter left of your season. And, you know, my first few years, it was kind of, I'm like a little apprehensive because now you got some moms, obviously you're going to be upset because there's, you know, their son hasn't played in a month or something like that. And, and it's funny how, you know, even those moms right there are coming up at the end. And you, 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 said, you can tell the relate. Boy, they're really disappointed in playing time. But even at the end of the night, when they're even though they're just playing time's forgotten about, you know, they come up and they give you a hug and, and they say, thanks, coach. And, you know, so, I mean, that's probably, you know, one of my most proud moments of things we've instituted in the programs we've worked at was something like this. And for coaches out there that are listening to this and they're intrigued, but not sure, how would I sell this to my guys? How would we work this into, you know, our schedule? One final thought here, what encouragement would you give them that to, to kind of push them over the line to get them to try something like this? 
Well, I said, I think one for me, I mean, I said the, the timing of it, I said, I mean, we're at that point of the year as you kind of like said, 25% left. Um, we're starting to cut down on practice time at that point. You know, I said, I mean, if you're in my mind, you know, we're going two and a half, you know, what at, at that point, or, you know, so we cut down our practice time. So it's kind of, you know, and again, I think like I said, if this is, I still got something, you know, the first one we did, I think was probably, like I said, probably about 10 years ago. And I still got moms talking about it to this day. They'll run into, into the neighborhood or church or something like that. And they'll talk to, and to me, they're talking about 10 years after the fact, you know, I, I think that's probably more talked about than some of the games too. So I, I just, I've, you know, being involved in, you know, our mentorship program and, and the coaching culture, just community, you know, I've kind of changed my whole mindset on, you know, are we, we about wins and losses or we, it's about these experiences for these kids off the court. And I said, this is some of these kids and their moms are talking about for the rest of their lives. So, I mean, you could give up an hour of practice, you know, to kind of pull off something like this for sure. So Nate, when I hear Tim's story, Al's story, and Darren's story, it just kind of reminds me of how special the coaches are that we get to work with because all three of these coaches today that, that were on the podcast, they shared stories that took a lot of courage, right? I mean, we all know there's that moment where you see parents and there's that awkwardness, there's just that uncomfortable feeling, and they were able to push past some of that awkwardness and you know, that, that fear to really engage them as people and to really focus on creating a really special experience that brought them within their program. And I know a lot of coaches might listen to this and they might be, well, at my level, we're not, we can't do that. Or, you know, my parents wouldn't go for that. Or my administration would say no to that, bringing the parents on the court. Like there's a lot of reasons why you may not be able to do those activities. But my encouragement for coaches listening is to find something, some way to create an experience that brings people together to connect on a human level, not just on this athletic sport level. So find some way to start to bring people together to connect on that human level. That's my biggest encouragement. And yes, it's probably going to require you as a coach, as a leader, to push past a little fear. And for those that are looking for a template, maybe to start from, if you're not already a subscriber, make sure you visit thriveonchallenge.com and sign up for the newsletter. Coach Baker put his practice plan for his parent experience night into the notes this week. You can download that and take a look at how he structured that evening and work something that fits your own context from there. Now, next week on the podcast, we're going to listen to three other coaches talk a little bit about a different angle when it comes to engaging parents. And that is, how do we pull back the curtain and become more transparent about what we do and why? 